fear of inequalities arising from migration. As we have discussed earlier, we are spending more and more money on elderly people. This is only natural, as we have more old people than young people. In order to reduce this imbalance, we need to allow migrants to come to our countries, work and pay into our social systems. But this can lead to other particular issues that are, as we have determined already, of great concern to the youth of today. First, we must distinguish between legal and illegal migration. Illegal migration has been the subject of countless books and pamphlets already and is not the focus of this chapter. Suffice to say, the EU needs a strong border control force and a new system through which refugees can enter legally without having to rely on dodgy private haulers and traffickers who profit from their misery. This system needs to predetermine where refugees are going to be sheltered, for what duration of time and how they are going to get there, using a European refugee service. But let us talk about legal migration. The first challenge is how to enable legal migration and ensure that we get the right people to come to Europe. This is more difficult than one might assume, because we need both highly qualified people and people that will take on the low-skill jobs our own local population no longer wishes to do. This dichotomy in itself makes migrants very unequal even among themselves. That is one of the reasons why highly skilled migrants are often referred to as expats, short for expatriates. The term comes from British colonial times and used to refer to white people who went to live in and build up the British colonies on the backs of the indigenous population. That this term is now readily accepted, while the word migrant is negatively connotated, says a lot about the influence of far-right populists on our political discourse. The main impediment for highly skilled workers to come to EU countries remains to be bureaucratic prejudice. Most often, workers are faced with a language barrier and local officials display little patience for people that don't speak their native tongue. Registration can be difficult and takes a long time. This is true for non-EU citizens as much as it is for EU citizens. To solve this issue, a refreshed EU blue card could be issued, but this would need to equate foreign workers with EU citizens, at least for the duration of their employment. At the same time, EU citizens must be treated equally with the national citizens of any EU member state. Only through equal treatment will the EU single market become more attractive for highly skilled workers from within and beyond the EU. Some EU countries are already doing this very well, and they are attracting more highly skilled migrants as a result. Denmark, for example, offers a lot of services, including company registrations, both online and in English. It takes less than five minutes to set up your company and new bank account from the comfort of your laptop. It is no wonder that 59% of their EU migrants are highly skilled and 32% are medium skilled. High wages are a strong incentive, but the ease with which one can settle and integrate in the country is just as important. Inequalities between the local population and migrants is one of the fundamental underlying issues of migration. Too often, we view integration as a process by which foreigners adapt to us. 
But that is not integration. It is assimilation. Integration requires reciprocity. In a small town in Belgium called Mechelen, the liberal mayor Bart Somers has shown the world how to implement this. In Mechelen, you will find 128 different nationalities all living together in a small town. Yet the town is clean, beautiful and thriving. Despite a huge Muslim population, not a single person from Mechelen was radicalised during the years in which the terrorist group Daesh attacked Europe. Bart Somers is regularly invited to consult with the UN and NATO and was named World Mayor in 2016 in recognition of his integration efforts. Most recently, he has gone on to become Interior and Integration Minister and Deputy Minister President of Flanders. His secret? Treat everyone equally. You enforce the rule of law. You are tough on everyone, but fair. You invest just as much money into the poorer neighbourhoods as you do in the richer, to show them you don't see them differently. Bart told me that Moroccans would choose to be sent to and buried in Morocco after death rather than Belgium, despite having lived in Belgium with their families all their lives. The reason was that Belgium had a law on how graves were supposed to be situated. Moroccans wanted to be buried facing Mecca. Bart changed this, and as a result, Moroccans, and Muslims in general, feel like they are truly part of the local community. Their heritage and culture are appreciated and not seen as an obstacle. Bart also initiated neighbourhood programmes like Big Brother, which allows members of the community to organise themselves and look out for one another. Sports centres are connected with schools, and school places in mixed, multicultural schools are subsidised so that children learn from the best teachers in the most diverse environments. The results speak for themselves. Multiculturalism and integration can work, but they have to be done right. That is the liberal stance on migration and integration. Of course, if we are hostile towards migrants, they will not feel welcome and will isolate themselves, which will only reinforce our hostility and lead to radicalization. It is a vicious cycle and a slippery slope, one that populists are more than happy to exploit. But more on that later. We also have to look at migration between EU countries, which is anything but equal due to the difference in living standards in the different countries. Accurity's EU migration map shows that some countries only receive high-level workers, while others receive more low-skill workers. The imbalance between countries' living standards threatens to create more inequality within Europe. In particular, it threatens the existence of smaller countries, such as the Baltic nations, whose citizens often migrate to other countries for education and work and put down roots in their new homes. With an already dwindling population, these countries face an accelerated decline in population. The only way to stop this is to help them grow faster. Luckily, EU membership has already accelerated growth for new member states, and poorer EU countries have become richer. The Baltic nations are already doing a great job on their own, but the EU can do more to help. One such way is to use European funding instruments to incentivize private research and innovation, R&I, partnerships between the Baltics and other European countries. 
investment in research and innovation allows SMEs to grow and create new and exciting products. China and India are growing at such enormous rates because they invest a lot in R&I. Estonia has established itself as a strong player in emerging digital technologies, which in turn has attracted foreign companies and investment to the otherwise small and too often overlooked country. The European Commission is currently hard at work gathering and streamlining all the innovation programmes under the European Innovation Council, EIC. Once complete, the EIC will be the perfect platform from which to launch initiatives to increase economic interest in our smaller and peripheral countries.